welcome to our third episode of Able and Abroad. I'm McKay. And I'm Nate, and today we're talking Asia! That's right, we're going into the hot zone. And we're talking about the piping hot conflict between the U.S. of A. and Nate. You got to do your Trump accent for China, dude. China. China. That's China. amazing. That's just amazing. Yeah, You're of perfect. course. You're Thank perfect. you. Appreciate it's it. huge. Phenomenal. We're also going to talk about what Germany is going to be doing during the midst of this simultaneous hot and cold war, which, uh, to be quite honest with you, is just kind of standing back and not really worrying about anything. As far as I can tell, how the media plays into the fact People really just no, have just generally no idea sometimes about what conflicts are brewing within Asia. So, McKay, while you're living in Asia, why don't you give us some historical context? And I'm going to let you take it away here because I'd like to get to know what's going on over there. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. Ooh. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I got to preface all of this. Uh, if you haven't searched it up, I, I urge you to do it right now. Hong Kong national security law. It was just enacted back in June, July of this year. Uh, and it really sort of, um, I have to be very careful with my language, right? I have to be very, very, very careful. Uh, but uh, so I, I can give you an idea of what, what's happened in China and sort of my perspective on things, but uh, I can't openly denounce uh, CCP. I can't openly disrespect uh, China or the flag or, or a number of different things. I, once again, I urge you just to, to Google Hong Kong national security law. It, it'll give you a good idea of what I, I can and cannot do. But let me give you some historical context now. I'm going to give you my non-expert, and I really have to emphasize that I'm not an expert. I'm not an expert at okay, all. Okay, it sounds to me like you need to get off the stage because you cannot be up here talking about anything unless you are a certified full expert. McKay, get off this podcast. I demand it right now. Get off this I'm podcast. I'm so sorry, everybody. I, you are I, plaguing I, I, me. I hope I'm not giving you the wrong idea. You are plaguing me with your lack of intellect. Get off this stage right now. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm going to give you a one-minute history lesson on China, just in case I'm counting. you don't really know I'm too counting. much about China. And I'm going to okay, go for the next 59, 58, oh, 57, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. 56, China, 55. China. Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> China had a civil war right back in the 40s, occupation by the Japanese. China, as we know it today, started in 1949 at the end of that civil war. The communists won over the country. Uh, it was really bloody and brutal, and the Japanese occupation was certainly really awful as well. Uh, in 1953, the USA goes to war with Korea, Korean Peninsula. Uh, this is the only time in world history where Chinese and American soldiers have gone at it, uh, at least in modern time, as I suppose I should say. Uh, and it really left a, a quite a sour taste in both America and Chinese mouths which is weird to say. Uh, in 1959, Mao Zedong, the great Chinese leader, uh, had the Great Leap Forward, which was his version of modernizing the country and stripping away uh, private property rights, a lot of different things. Uh, the result of that was just a, a bunch of millions of people starving to death. Uh, it was really awful. He sort of fades out and then fades right back in. Uh, in 1966, and he has a cultural revolution, which I think is is probably what most Americans really know about Chinese history, is this period where people were murdered in the streets for political dissidents, and uh, it was just a really, really awful, brutal time, and communist rule 
was certainly solidified uh, during that period. Do you, I mean, you know about the Cultural Revolution, right, Nate? Oh, I yeah, mean, of course. Neither yep, you yep. nor I are experts, but I think I think everybody kind of has an idea of the Cultural Revolution. It's one of those things, you know? You know? Uh, yeah. Then uh, Nixon is president, uh, and believe it or not, we didn't have uh, formal recognition of the Communist Party in China as the ruling body for the mainland. Uh, and the UN actually uh, recognized China in 1971. Uh, then things heated right back up, and we didn't actually talk to them again until 79. So we had eight years of silence there. So, so not so good. By the 80s, there was a huge economic boom. China really is born as this manufacturing giant. In the 90s, continued to take off. They have the uh, creation of the special uh, economic zones, which sort of act like free market capital areas within China located around major cities. Uh, Hong Kong, as it plays in, uh, in 1997, of course, Hong Kong gets its special administrative region status, uh, and it's given formally back to the Chinese from the British. And those talks were actually held in the mid-80s. So, uh, not everything about China was done in the 90s, you know, to make it great. It really started in the 80s. Uh, and then China, I guess, really became a superpower uh, in 2001 when it entered the World Trade Organization. Uh, and that that pretty much brings us up to today, which I, I'm omitting quite the amount of important details and important facts. So, I, I, I encourage everybody to... to to search up Chinese history in modern times, fascinating stuff and really relevant. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been completely. Um, I guess the word to use is relevant, right? But right, totally. The question for you: What has been the biggest change from what you've been able to read in history when the British owned and occupied Hong Kong to yeah. when the Chinese took it over as? What was the word you words you used? The special economic zone. Yeah, those those special economic zones. Uh, those I think that really is. Uh, there's a phrase in China. They 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 talk about Chinese communism. They talk about specifically the economics behind it, and they call it uh, socialism or communism with Chinese characteristics. And this is such a fascinating phrase to sum it all up. Because when you look at the mainland, it's huge. I mean, it is a huge country. Uh, there's so much land. There's so much agriculture and manufacturing. Uh, and you have these special economic zones that are major, major cities, millions of people. We're talking like maybe not New York, but around the population of, of New York. You've got multiple cities that are that size in China. Interesting. So, yeah, these cities are sort of autonomous economically and, you know, you're able to uh, start a business and sell your goods and do trading with the outside world. And, and granted, there's a lot of, of communist control over it. But still, uh, the fact that they even have these cities in the first place is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Certainly is communism with Chinese characteristics. I, I'm really, really curious, and I think our audience would be curious to hear, and I, and I know you, you have to be very careful with what you say here, obviously, and most people probably know about it. It's this new uh, special law that is now in place where Hong Kong's autonomy is, is really, from what it looks like, uh, no longer valid when it comes to certain 
uh, punitive, criminal, even uh, judicial action. It, it, the mainland is now, I've heard, uh, taking care of some things. Is this true? In a, in a way, yeah, certainly. Once again, I have to be really careful with what I say yeah. for it. Because yeah, and, and if you is, want to leave it at that, uh, yeah. that's totally fine. Yeah. No, no, I, I think I can speak a little bit more on it. Uh, the law is, is really vague. It was not written by Hong Kong legislators. It was written in Beijing. Uh, and also instituted in Beijing. The law actually came into effect without anybody in Hong Kong even reading the law. Mm. Uh, so take that as you will. Uh, and since uh, a lot of the press, a lot of public figures have stated that uh, it, it has chilled free speech. Wow. Uh, and in some ways, I, I certainly think that uh, that may be the case, but... Uh, it's pretty fascinating to witness a city where uh, the central government really wants to take a more active role in its day-to-day measures. Because, I mean, if you can imagine, as I was talking about the, the special economic zones, Hong Kong is just another Chinese city. You know, the population is, is comparable to, to a lot of other cities in China, Shanghai and Wuhan and Guangdong, Shenzhen. I mean... Really, this is just another Chinese city to the central government. Um, but this law uh, certainly certainly wants to inspire a, a more patriotic fervor for the Communist Party and for China, I think, in general. So uh, it's retroactive. Uh, mm. It's proactive. <laughs> in fact, two days ago, they started a phone call tip line uh, for you to anonymously report your neighbor's and fellow countrymen and foreigners <laughs> who may be breaking this law in, in any way. And there's all, I think there's already been a thousand calls to it. So, wow. so wow. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are saying that, that this is uh, going to rip apart the fabric of Hong Kong society, but only time will tell. Only time will be able to tell. That, that, that's just um, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it really is. Uh, and I think it's interesting that not, I think I think some press attention has been brought to it uh, in the United States, but I think that sort of blends in with the whole U.S.-China media thing that that's happening. Uh, I, I don't know, Nate. Did you hear about the Ronald Reagan Carrier Group that was in the South China Sea there that's been patrolling around, watching Chinese interests in the South China Sea? Got orders in October to sail up the Taiwan Strait. I remember. We talked about this, did we not? Yes, we did. I was going to mention. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I believe we were recording one of, before we were recording one of our most recent, our last episode actually. Right. Uh, we discussed this very issue, and it's really incredible because before you mentioned it, I, I I heard nothing. I no American news outlet had said anything. No German news outlet had said anything, and it was really kind of invisible to the public eye. Uh, at least from an American perspective, just from mm-hmm. uh, doing having to do research. If I'm not mistaken, I think the BBC was the only thing or only news agency that was reporting what was going on. Yeah, um, certainly the but, biggest. The, certainly yeah. the biggest one. But, you know, with the election going on and all the different news that surrounds that, it's been really just kind of left out of sight, out of mind. Uh, and so when you mentioned it to me, I, I looked at looked it up and I was like, wow, like this is going on and... Not a lot of people know this is what's what's been happening, and it's and it's recurring themes from what from what Certainly. it seems like. Um, not saying you know not not to go too specific into details on it. We just know that uh, you know the Reagan fleet, as you said, has been has been kind of patrolling that area, making sure, kind of keeping the peace, if you will. Um, 
no sort of military action has been done, but you know, it's, it's just very interesting to read about and see. And it's, it's really just so interesting because, you know, you, you go back to like, we, we were discussing, I think uh, around that time, a couple of weeks ago, the Vietnam war. And we talked yeah. about how the, the, that, 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 how that war started and McKay, you know how that war started, right? Indeed, indeed. The Tonkin Gulf incident. Really yep. fascinating yep. and surprisingly relevant to this carrier group going up the Taiwan Strait. I mean, you've got you've got China with its 2.8, probably more now, a million person army. And you've got a bunch of these missiles. You've got troop movements. You've got equipment, planes, you name it. They're all doing military exercises from the mainland. Uh, preparing for an invasion of Taiwan. And then you've got Taiwan on the opposite end, who's pretty much doing the same thing. Uh, so then you throw the U.S. into the middle of it, quite literally, uh, and, and you have the real possibility of an accidental war, so to speak, like the Vietnam War. Uh, if you don't know much about the Tonkin Gulf incident, it's really interesting, but the, the, basic, uh, the basics of it is it's a military mistake that happened. Uh, there wasn't as far as as far as the facts are, are are understood that there wasn't actually any real military conflict out in the Tonkin Gulf incident and uh, really the Vietnam War was started on accident so if you can imagine had something gone wrong with this carrier group I mean it would be full-out open war yeah you just never know and and it's mm-hmm. so scary because there there's always the it, actually I'll, I'll Flip you back a couple years, um, actually almost a decade ago, I remember waking up one morning uh, when I was in middle school and North Korea had apparently launched artillery strikes on a South Korean island. Do you remember this story? It was yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. It was like out of nowhere and it was really just out of the blue. I mean, there was no reasoning behind it from what it seemed like. I still don't even know the right. full story on that. But I remember yeah. the headlines were... You know, North Korea attacks South Korea, and you're just like, okay, what's going on? But, you know, being in middle school at the time, you know, of course your mind goes, races into just hectic, uh, you know, the worst is worst possible case scenario. But m- moving on from that, I, I just, I really want to know, what is, what exactly from your perspective, because you're, you're in a really interesting situation, you probably get more um, information because you are living in a in a Chinese territory, of course, uh, and, and I know you can't really go too deep into details on it or your thoughts on it, but talk about some of the things that you know that has been have been going on with Chinese activity that you that you're aware of, and I think most people probably have heard but don't know too much about. China really uh, has not done a very good job at making friends with the rest of Asia. You've got Hong Kong and Taiwan, of course, big hotspots there. The South China Sea artificial island building there, part of their quote-unquote nine-dash line, uh, which extends their their property rights uh, into the Pacific Ocean and extends all the way south almost to the coast of the Philippines. Uh, and in traditionally, Vietnamese and Philippines and other Southeast uh, Asian nations there, uh, they're, fishing, they're fishing territories and they're oil rights i think it's really about oil so obama started the freedom of navigation act uh and that was sort of a counter to 
the Chinese building these islands at the protest of the Vietnamese and the Filipinos and uh, the Malaysians and countless other nations as well. Um, and since then, it, it hasn't ever calmed down. It really hasn't calmed down. Uh, it, it's, in fact, it's gotten much, much more heated as these islands grow closer and closer to completion and Chinese interests there become more solidified and more concentrated definitely but the south china sea is just another one of uh, of those hot spots i mean you've got xinjiang which i'm sure a lot of people in the united states have heard about xinjiang and the uh, the alleged human rights abuses that have happened there tibet which uh, was annexed by china way back in like 1951 um but tibet of course always comes up the dalai lama is uh, still a very relevant figure today uh, and then India, I think more recently, uh, India with its banning, I think it's 118 Chinese apps. That wasn't too long ago. That was just September. Wow. So, yeah. And, and you've got the, the whole, in fact, I'm not even sure this is really being reported on in United States so much, but uh, the almost armed conflict between Chinese and Indian soldiers over the, the line of control there at the north border of the country, which is this very vaguely defined territory line between China and India. And not a lot of people really know that that's been going on. Uh, totally. totally. So, because you're talking two major world superpowers and and they are... I guess it seems like they're not very friendly with each other, which is no, kind of a scary all. thing, especially with the current any state world of affairs. You know, it's doesn't even Certainly. have to be now, but any time in in our in our time and our present, it's just crazy. You know, going Absolutely. back to the, the, the artificial islands, I don't know if you knew this, but the UN recognizes several hundred miles off your sovereign coastline as as water and territory that you own, and then the rest is international water. You know, right. so my question is. Is with these artificial islands, I, if those laws do stand with artificial islands, because you think about the UAE, they have artificial islands themselves in the Red Sea. Yes. What what does that law apply to any sort of the islands that have been built? And if that if so, can China stake claim to the the hundreds of miles and or whatever the distance? Because I don't know the actual exact distance. Can they mm -hmm. stake claim to the water surrounding those islands? That's what I would yeah. like to know. I, I'm not an international law expert in any way. Uh, yeah, neither am I. The let's ask the implications Siri. behind it. Yeah, let's ask Siri. Alexa. <laughs> no, I'm just, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I think, um, you know, I, I can't comment too much on the legality of it all, but I think the implications for it are certainly far-reaching. Uh, yes. A quarter of the I world's think, trade goes to the South China Sea. That is a fact. Yeah. yeah. The Strait uh, of Malacca, which is not too far away, does... A, a vast uh, majority of, of shipping uh, and logistics, uh, just a huge amount of money going through that area, which is not too far away from the South China Sea right there. Uh, so you've got a lot of business, a lot of shipping, a lot of fishing, a lot of oil. So these islands out there, if, if they are legitimate, it certainly raises questions as to does your sovereignty now extend beyond the islands? Uh, what does that mean for the traditional rights of those Chinese or of, of those uh, Vietnamese and, and Filipino and Malaysian uh, uh, fishing vessels? All, all those things that go through there that have been there for for so long. What happens to 
oil rigs uh, and platforms that are already established in those areas that belong to different nations? That's a good question. Uh, and it's and dangerous. I, I think I it's really I, dangerous. Yeah, it, I, I really just, that's what, yeah, it's, we live in a crazy world, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah. I think every time we do one of these episodes and we have a conversation, I think we always end up saying that exact line, like, yeah, we oh, live in a crazy, crazy world. world. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but, you know, we also live in a wonderful world. I always think of the Louis Armstrong song. Well, right. I see skies of blue, red oh, roses. sing it, Nate. Oh, great Sing song. It. Uh, no, it's my favorite song, and I don't have my my uh, my music uh, mo- mojo going on right now. But oh, yeah, that's I, okay. You know, speaking, going further, you know, you, you brought up India and China having an issue. The lack of um, attention some of this stuff receives. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It takes me doing personal research and and getting those occasional stories from certain news outlets to hear about what's going on. You really have to do a lot of self study with this stuff. Uh, yeah, you, know, we you really go, do. You know, take a, take a, take away from what's going on in Asia, the Azerbaijani uh, uh, activity that's going on right now. What, what's going on in Azerbaijan, uh, in Armenia? It, it's it's crazy because not a lot of people talk about it, and it's happening. You know, and there's right. conflicts going on all over the world. And I think what's important is to make yourself aware of these kind of things because it's always good to stay informed. It's always just really important to have that just knowledge and that present state of mind it's like okay this is what's going on and how could this potentially not saying directly impact me but how could this impact the state of affairs in the world Mm -hmm. uh and so you know something like what's going on with india and china not that we have a position on what's going on it's we just have to recognize that it is going on and i think it is still ongoing from what i've last been hearing or whatever it is it is in fact i think it's just getting worse and worse uh and i think there's a butterfly effect to these things and we've got to pay attention to even the smallest bits because they will come back and affect us in some way and and we need to ascertain whether it's going to be positive or negative so we can make decisions for that uh I think a lot of people... The stone throw and, into the pond and the ripples yeah, are coming after. Yeah, the ripple, yeah. definitely. Uh, the ripples for Armenia and Azerbaijan definitely have to do with, with Russia and Turkey. And things are, to be quite frank, pretty hot between Russia already and Turkey as well. So, you know, if this conflict continues to widen and open up, uh, it's not just going to be a regional thing that gets affected here. This is going to have... This is going to be that butterfly effect, you know. This is yeah. gonna this is gonna impact Americans certainly. Yeah, uh, yeah. But hey, it's, let's it's sad let's to kind see, of <laughs> let's kind of it. As sadness aside, let's talk about something positive. And okay. I think we should start our new trend in our episodes. And I've kind of come up with a whim on this. And McKay, okay. I know you'll be totally concurring. Let's talk about three good things that happened to us this week. Three yes. good things that happened to us yes, this week where please. we are. And do you yes, mind if I go first? Go for it, Nate. Awesome. All right. What's gone good, man? Yeah. So my the first thing is uh, made a new friend, has just landed and or a couple weeks ago and is now out of quarantine from the required restriction of movement status that of, of the German Infektionsgesetz, which is like the uh, Ministry of Infections or something to that effect. I don't even know wow, the exact definition. Wow, can you definition. please just say that word one more time? I think it's the just so... Infektionsgesetz? That's such a beautiful word. Right, right. Beautiful <laughs> the word. Germans come up with the most perfect words just to sum right. up that whole whole thing. <laughs> whole thing. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, I totally probably butchered that, so I didn't mean to offend any of our German listeners if there is any out there. But 
it's really interesting how um, you know we fall like I fall and so many other service members and, and people just whoever comes into Germany has to has to abide by the German law which is the two weeks of mandatory quarantine when you travel from any sort of area that has a hotbed for COVID you know talking more about COVID of course you know we don't uh, uh, but going back to the positive so new friend uh, showing them around and we went to a couple of stores look at furniture and stuff to help them uh, get acclimated to Germany uh, second thing I started a new job so I transitioned from my old job uh, doing automation stuff to another job which is completely uh, to do with networking so and by networking I mean literal like computer networks uh, so that's exciting and then the third thing that's happened is my Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens and I love my Pittsburgh Steelers more than anything so I apologize to those Ravens fans or whoever doesn't like my team out there but that made my week. Let me tell you, McKay. That made my week. <laughs> Congratulations. Anyway, thank Congratulations. you. Yeah. <laughs> now let's talk about 30 bad things that happened to me this week. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Let's go ahead and uh, get your three good things that happened this week. Let's go. Oh, let's all right. Let's let's begin. Uh, I think the best thing that happened to me all week, I guess it kind of reaches a little bit into last week, but Halloween. I think this is my first real Halloween in Hong Kong, and it was so cool. Most of the city doesn't celebrate. There's two big areas, uh, a bar and pub district called Lan Kwai Fong. Uh, I'm butchering that name, of course. Uh, and then there is an island that is sort of a home that's a home to a lot of expats or, or people who have come from their home country and made Hong Kong their new home, a place called Lama Island beautiful really cool to see everybody out on these really tight narrow streets every shop gives out candy just so much fun you know i feel like i haven't had a good halloween celebration in a while so speaking of halloween i have to mention this is also probably should have been made i was a literal minion from despicable me for halloween (laughs) with an inflatable pictures of it and if anybody hasn't seen pictures of it, please, you got to go. You got to look on our at Instagram. We'll put it on our Instagram page. Put it on our Instagram page. The German children that I saw who were so happy and enlightened because just so everyone's tracking, Germany is now under their second round of mandatory quarantine. All businesses are not allowed to take well, restaurants. I should say aren't allowed to take people in to eat in their restaurants. And a lot of things are closed again. But to do wear in that costume and run around and take pictures with kids, they really, really appreciated it. And funny enough, it, I was pretty protected from COVID. I was completely encased in a, in a really what looked like a hazmat suit. It was it was was it hot in there? Oh, it was hot as heck because you're wa- walking around all day long and it's like, oh my gosh. But it was really no funny. ventilation, just oh. this giant hazmat minion suit. Funny story I have to mention. My buddy, tell me. who is a fellow uh, army officer as, as I am, has a uh, retired military working dog. And I was over at his house to try on the costume, and I came out of the bathroom, and his dog went into instant defense mode and was not <laughs> having it at all. He was like, "This is despicable." And I don't know you. And it's like, and he was about to come after me, but thankfully uh, he know he knows his commands still. So he, he healed, which was very good. But yeah, that's, that was, uh, that was a really exciting thing. But anyway, McKay, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. No, you're okay. You're okay. I, I, I really did want to hear about that minions. Yeah, man. I know. I, you're probably surprised <laughs> I didn't mention it. And I was like, wait, what am I doing? I need to mention my minion costume. Of course. So of please. Course, the giant yellow circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really hard yeah. to see out of. My friend uh, was there to help me, and thank, 
God, she was there. But anyway, keep going. I'd love to hear more. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I think uh, this one's not so important. Uh, I got some good sleep this week. You know, as a kindergarten teacher out here, uh, I, I get off work about the normal time as everybody else, I'd imagine, about 4 or 5 o'clock or so. Uh, and then I've, I've got some uh, little private stuff on the side as well. So maybe I'm busy till 8. And I'm doing lesson prep and, and uh, you know, getting materials ready and everything. So sometimes I don't go to bed till like 11 or 12. And boy, does it really just take a drag on your system, you know? You just feel awful and sluggish. And this week I was like, I'm, I'm going to sleep well this week. You know, I'm going to go to bed on time. And I have to say, it really did just turn around my attitude for the week. And, uh, and I felt so much better about it. That's so good. So, sleep is so important, man. Sleep is so very important. important. I actually track my sleep, believe it or not. Uh, wow. Yeah, tracking sleep is one of those things that I never thought I would do, but I've been doing. And um, if those who have, uh, have been uh, fortunate enough to afford or even own an Apple Watch, there's an app out there called uh, Sleep Watch. Uh, I believe that's the name of the app. Let me let me check that real quick. I got my oh, phone out. Oh, sleep watch. It's see. funny because I have an Apple Watch, but I yeah. haven't thought of of tracking my sleep before. You should, McKay. Okay, so this do app you, called Sleep Watch. I I wear the watch I wear the watch, wear the watch to bed. Yep. Oh, okay, I wear okay. the watch to bed. So it tracks uh, your heartbeat uh, as as the watch that you know usually does. But what's cool is it can detect through algorithms your REM cycles. It's actually really amazing. So I have been tracking my sleep since last, almost for almost a year. Uh, and my sleep cycles have been on and off, but I can see and look back and, and remember days, even going back to when I, ha- when I had the COVID-19 virus, how much sleep I had gained or lost in my overall score. It's based out of a thousand. And okay. it actually wakes me up when I'm out of REM. So I don't feel tired, even if I take a nap, which it is pretty wakes amazing. You up. Out, out of, of REM cycle. So, you know, you know that feeling when you feel really tired, when you wake up and you have all this stuff going on and, and yes. you, know, you just feel just out of like the blue and you're like, oh, I should not be up right now. Well, sometimes what ends up happening and I'm no, I'm no medical expert, so I'm just putting it out there, but research has shown that the majority of Americans will wake up out of their regular sleep schedule. And there's a lot of health effects that come with that. Because when you wake up during a deep sleep cycle, which is what REM cycles are, you end up causing some problems with not only your mental uh, mental recharge that you get when you sleep, but you also spike your heart rate. You kind of like activate some adrenaline. It kind of has this unhealthy effect where it's, I think it's like heart rate variability, heart rate variability, where the app does say medically it's like uh, we cannot predict anything that's going on, but indications show that this could cause some definite aging and all those things that you get those bags under your eyes, which which is pretty crazy. I have felt so much better. Even if I got six hours, which I try to shoot for seven, but if I got five to six hours of sleep, I feel better waking up out of a REM cycle than I do when I wake up during a REM cycle. I could even have eight hours of sleep and still not feel good if I wake up like to a loud freaking alarm, you know? (laughs) <laughs> but the watch slowly starts vibrating to wake you up slowly. And then you just okay. feel this slow, slow vibration. And then sure enough, you're to the point where you're like up. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Because it detects with that heartbeat, you usually have a lower heart rate. 
and then your heart rate goes up as you're coming out of REM, which is pretty interesting, I would say. Wow. So um, you feel so, more rested from it all. Yes. That's 100%. 100%. 100%. Whenever I've had stressful moments in my life over the past year, I can actually go back and it, it, there's an explanation. You know, it's like, oh, I was dealing with stress. And it even asks you, how rested did you feel this uh, today when you woke up this morning? Or during the day, how fatigued have you felt during the day, I feel like I'm selling this app. This is this is hilarious. It, there's <laughs> I'm a sure free they version. Appreciate the good attention. Right. <laughs> it's it's a free. There's a free version, but I pay for the uh, membership that allows me to access some of these extra features and stuff. And it's totally worth it. I pay about fifteen dollars a year, which isn't too too bad. And and it does track my sleep and everything. And I don't care about my sleep data being turned over to anything. So, you know, I think it's helping out the community in general. And I want to uh, just you know maintain sleep because they say having a good sleep schedule does affect later things in life. So, you know, yeah, memory loss is aging, one of the biggest things. Yeah. 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 Aging definitely certainly. is affected because you see yeah. those people with raccoon eyes and all those kind of problems, but this is <laughs> supposed to be right. <laughs> I look in the mirror and it's like, Oh, who is poor that? McKay. <laughs> poor McKay. Oh, sorry. This is I not a, a sob story. I'm, we'll I'm have sorry, a slow everybody. violin playing in one of the future episodes when we talk about your problems. But yeah, you know, but I think now that we filled everybody with some existential dread, let's brighten up people even more after that cool little thing we just did and end on a positive <laughs> note with some quick German and Hong Kong trivia. Which just yeah. feels oh, some... Nate, I didn't get to share my last highlight for the week. That's because you're not important, McKay. We already have six total. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just kidding. See what we're doing to each other, people. We're just burning each other at this point. We're Go ahead, McKay. We're killing Go ahead. each other and torturing yep. each other. Remember, alive. remember, I don't know how to count, so I apologize. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead, McKay. Go ahead. Give us that last great thing before I the steal any more of your thunder. The last one is I have discovered the joys of Japanese soda. <laughs> but, but hold on a second. That's You're in right. Hong Kong. You're in I Hong am Kong. in Hong Kong. Hong. Okay, you know this. Hong Kong's right there. Pearl River Delta. Uh, so much shipping and logistics goes through Hong Kong. Of course, this is like the import capital, or one of the import capitals of the world. So you go to the 7-Eleven, you go to the Circle K, you open up the fridge, and you've got like, seriously, probably close to 50 plus choices for just soda. <laughs> Which soda is really bad for you, I know, but... When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Do the Romans, so I, but you're, I, again, you're in Hong Kong, McKay. Uh, yes. So get your places right. Don't talk Why about that? Japan and Rome like you're there. What is going on, McKay? What is going? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Keep going. If you haven't, t if you haven't got the biggest takeaway from this episode, it's that neither of us are experts. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Uh, but mm. I discovered a Japanese soda. I've got to say, it's very, very good. It is extremely tasty and they have some very strange flavors and textures uh in fact the latest one i just bought uh it's a white grape soda i cracked the thing open took a sip and felt something kind of slimy touch my lip and was like oh what is that you know like i'm thinking it's some horror story like there's some dead animal in there you know something terrible i, oh, uh, wow. I poured into a glass they have actually put grapes in the soda like they're interesting there are full on grapes that of course the skin uh the outside skin is removed so it's just that that slimy juicy if you're not like cringing right now i don't know what you're doing but you know you've got these grapes in the soda i have got to say it's extremely <laughs> extremely good and none of it has 
high fructose corn syrup. I think most of it has uh, just natural sugar. I think they have a little bit of fructose, but still, I've got to say, if you haven't tried Japanese soda, you got to try Japanese soda at least once in your life. It, That's it pretty might, amazing. It might just change your life. <laughs> I don't oh, think wow. it's changed my life, but you know, it's still pretty good to good yeah. to drink. <laughs> this is very true. But hey, let's let's transition. Do the let's do it. Trivia. Okay. All right. All right. I'm not going to lie. I have no questions prepared. So this is going to be just stuff off the top of my head. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to throw it at you. Okay. That's uh, okay. Let's see. That's okay. Mm. All right. So I don't know what kind of questions to ask you, to be honest. But let's just, let's just say screw it and go. All right. Here's my first right. question for you. Go for what it. What is the name of the castle that Disney's princess or Cinderella castle is based off of from Germany? Oh. You know, my, my mom actually, shout out to my mom, uh, has, I think she has been to the Cinderella castle. Uh, she is, she, she spent some time in Ramstein air base there when she served, uh, in the army many years ago. Uh, I want to say, I feel like I actually know this one. I can't believe it. I really know this one. Is it, and I'm sure I'm butchering it. Neuschwanstein? Neuschwanstein? That is correct. That is wow! Neuschwanstein. Holy mm -hmm. cow. That's I don't pretty know good. why I have That's that pretty random good. bit of trivia stored in the back of my head, but there it is, just sitting back there. It's like, today you're going to use me, McKay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. awesome. I can't believe I got that. That's a beautiful castle. Oh, you know it's beautiful. How big that thing is? It's, oh, like, it's huge. It's, you have the it's stats a more, in front of you? It's actually more, I don't have, the, uh, let me look them up real quick. All right, so Neuschwanstein was built in the 1800s, or construction, I believe, started... In let's see, it's a 19th century castle, so it's more of a new castle. Okay. But um, let's see right here, Neuschwanstein, Neuschwanstein castle. Okay, here Wikipedia is of course the greatest thing ever to to look at. But it's like right at the tip of the Bavarian Austrian border, and or Bavaria Germany Aust uh, Austrian border. It's pretty amazing. It, it's a beautiful, beautiful castle. And it was intended to be a home for the king until the king died in 1886. Oh. But it's 61 million people to date have visited Neuschwanstein Castle. And 1.3 million people visited annually with as many as 6,000 per day during the summertime. Which is pretty amazing. This is before COVID, obviously. But it, the construction started in 1869, so four years after the U.S. Civil War. And it, the construction was completed in 1886. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, the architect Incredible. was a guy by the name of Edward Riedel, and uh, it was engineered by some of these uh, interesting names, which I won't, I don't want to butcher. So we'll we'll talk about that <laughs> another day. But it, the castle's in really good shape. It survived the world wars, and I think have people, you been? Uh, I I have been. I have been, and it's very beautiful. It's definitely worth a visit. And if anybody gets the chance to go. I'm sorry, Cinderella is not there, and it's not Disney oh. World, unfortunately. But it's it's a beautiful <laughs> castle. It's a beautiful, beautiful castle. You can use but your yeah. imagination. <laughs> exactly, imagination. But hit me uh. with a trivia question, McKay. I okay. don't like that you're waiting on this. Here we go. This is a really, really fascinating one. I don't think I've ever heard anything quite like this in the world. Uh, of course, Hong Kong has. Over 8,000 skyscrapers. They have the most skyscrapers for any city in the world. So you can just imagine that right now. Wow. I want you to take a guess. In your common apartment building or your bank building, what you know, whatever, whatever it is, there is a floor that may be missing 
from the elevator buttons. Take a guess which number would be omitted. 13. Take a guess. 13. Ah, that, that is an excellent guess because that was what I originally thought. Because that's how it is in the States, if I'm not mistaken, right? Right. 13 is the the unlucky number. And Hong Kong people are, I think, I think the English word for it would be superstitious. But to them, it's more spiritual, I guess. You know, their, their idea of superstition blends more into their idea of spiritualism and feng shui, uh, which feng shui is really fascinating. But here it is, your common apartment building, your big skyscraper, it may just be missing the fourth floor, number four. It may not have a fourth floor. floor. That's right. Do you know why? What? I will tell you why. Because the word four in English sounds like the Chinese word for death. So that makes four extremely unlucky. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's probably, well, well. So, so that's why you have no neighbors because you live on the fourth floor, right? Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're like, yeah, put put the foreigners on the fourth floor because no one wants <laughs> to go up there. Not a bad idea, actually. Wow, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, wow. so number four is, Interesting. is unlucky. It really is unlucky. And conversely, I've got to say, the number eight is very well uh lucky uh because it stands for the word eight uh bot in in cantonese means wow. wealth wow uh so well my name is nate of... it rhymes with eight <laughs> yeah so nate you're great you're gonna have lots of wealth you know lots of money the great so... my favorite number is 88 oh yeah oh boy he like started that. that sounded pretty good oh, uh boy. yeah i did it's poetry get over it very good <laughs> That's awesome. I hope really you good. enjoyed my trivia. I did you? Yeah. Did, it's pretty. It's pretty. I don't think. I, I mean, I've been to a number of places a, across the globe, and I've never heard anything that has to do with sort of like number uh, superstition. That's pretty you know, interesting. You know, when it comes you know, to buildings, you know. Besides and, and American, the number thirteen floor. I remember. Uh, you remember we'd go to the the trips, the high school trips back mm. years ago to Decca. There was never a yes. 13th floor in the hotel we stayed in, in the Corey Convention I, Center. I didn't know that. I didn't Isn't that know funny? That. I, I I think back to that because I remember going to the hotel and I'm like, there's no number 13 here. Man, these engineers, and I was like, oh, wait, it's the number 13. That makes sense. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. But yeah, let me give you another, another interesting trivia question. Bring it on. What was the name? I'm just curious to see if you know the battle, the name of the battle. What was the name of the battle? Where the Germans, the Americans, and the French allied against the German SS during World War II. That's kind wow. of a weird question, so right? Because I just American I just threw... soldiers. Yes, American German so soldiers. Just just to preface it with this, there's a difference between the German Wehrmacht and the German SS, right? And believe it or not, there was a battle that the Americans, the German Wehrmacht. American soldiers, the American army, I should say, the German Wehrmacht, and I believe the French all joined in battle together against the German SS. This is right after the death of Hitler during World War II. Do you know what battle that was? Oh, I, I don't know. I really don't know this one. It's called, and this is a really interesting thing, more of a history trivia. Just, I, I'd love for people to go out there and, and research it. It's a very interesting story. It's called the Battle of Castle Itter. 
and it took place in a actual uh, Schloss castle in Tyrol, uh, which is closer to Italy, and it had, it had been housing uh, political POWs from the war where the Germans had held them in this castle, uh, political uh, opponents such as like the French prime minister or French president, I believe, during the war and all these other uh, top political elites. And the German SS was ordered to go in there and basically destroy everything. But the German Wehrmacht, after the war had ended and everything, they, they had decided to ally with the American army there to fight off the German SS. And it's a really interesting battle that took place. And it's, uh, it's a very well... Uh, documented battle, um, and unfortunately, it's just not very well known. So, I mean, we didn't really learn about it in high school. Otherwise, I'm sure you yeah, would have remembered. Certainly. But yeah, it's I've really interesting, heard. and I highly recommend people go and research it. But yeah, that's the interesting trivia question. I hope you enjoyed that one. That's it's pretty good. Oh, right? that one's cool. I had no clue. I'm gonna have to search it up. Castle Itter. Castle, Castle Itter. I T T E R. I T T E R. Castle Itter. Yeah. Wow. Well, go ahead, McKay. Hit me with another one, and then I'll hit you with okay. one more. All and then right. we can All wrap right. stuff up. Sure. I, I will give you a, a funny sort of uh, uh, Hong Kong trivia. This will be the first time you've ever made me laugh. I hope it's funny. <laughs> uh, as you might know, uh, a lot of the names here in Hong Kong, they sound Chinese, right, to any English yeah. speaker. Uh, unless you know Chinese, of course. Um, but it's anglicized <laughs> Chinese words. So uh, uh, the obvious one, of course, would be like Hong Kong. Uh, Hong and Kong are not actually Chinese words, so to speak. Uh, it's anglicized for Hong Kong, which I'm butchering as well. Uh, and yeah. that means fragrant harbor. Uh, but there is another important name for China or for Hong Kong, uh, which is... Kowloon. Take a guess what you might think Kowloon would mean. If Hong Kong means fragrant harbor, Ooh. what do you think Kowloon would mean? Kowloon. Can you spell Kowloon in, in English okay. text? K-O-W-L-O-O-N. K-O-W-L-O-O-N. Kowloon. Kowloon. What do you think it might stand for? What do you think if it has meaning? So the other, so what was the other one term? So Hong Kong, uh, and right? then Hong Kong means fragrant harbor, right? Like kind of so kinda you anglicized. <laughs> when I think of cow, when I think of a cow, I think of okay. something that covers you. Okay. Um, is it something that has to do with something being protected or shielded? Uh, maybe because you said Kowloon City, correct? In an okay. urban area in okay, Hong yes. Kong. Right, so All I'm right. wondering if it's potentially, and I'm not like dragging this thing out, but I'm like trying to use word wordplay here. I would say with the anglicized definition, something that's because it's a really urban area, right? Right. Maybe right, it's right. is it like a wall kind of sort of like walled in Cal city or walled in town or Kowloon? Uh, okay, that's like shielded shielded so city, you know. Uh, hidden city? I don't know. Okay, Cal okay. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. That's in okay. Yeah, so Kowloon got its name uh, back all the way to the original founding of the city a uh, long time ago, 18th century, 19th century. Uh, Kowloon is actually two Chinese words, uh, definitely anglicized. Uh, means nine dragons. Nine interesting dragons cow or gal which is nine in cantonese and 
Loon, wow. which is not a Cantonese word, but Long means dragon. So it means wow. nine dragons. And I think the the tale is, as I understand it, is that uh, a, a, a young emperor came to Kowloon and noticed that the area has eight prominent hills. And so he named it Eight Dragons. Eight Botlong. Dragons. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. And one of his servants reminded the emperor that he is also a dragon. So it makes nine. So wow. Nine wow. dragons. Yeah. Interesting. It's now, interesting, speaking, you know. <laughs> speaking of dragons, and I know you're a fan of this game, Skyrim. Okay. I always think of yes. Skyrim. To all of our Skyrim fans out there, my heart is with you. But I have to ask you, because I think of the dragon in Skyrim. Is okay. that the European themed dragon? That is the European themed dragon, yes, correct? Yes, yeah. So, the, so the Asian dragon is very thin, long, snake like, majestic, snake like, right? I mean, not, yeah, not in a so bad serp- way, but long. Serpent like, serpent like, yeah. serpent dragon. So, my question is would you ever try to think of a battle between a, one of those Asian folklore dragons with a European folklore dragon? Wow. What kind of carnage and destruction you'd see? Just through food for thought, <laughs> right? Next week on April and Abroad. Yeah, next week. Yeah, there you go. Hollywood, (laughs) I hope you're paying attention. We've got a great movie pitch for you. It's Godzilla, but it's better because it's dragons. If if Godzilla (laughs) could fly, we are all done for. Oh, my gosh. But let's go ahead and go to the next question, which, by the way, your last one was really good. I got to top this one. Okay, here we go. Okay. Mm. All right. So here's my question is, what... German city, all right, what German city hosted the, uh, the um, uh, what's it called, the Olympic Games most recently in history? What city in Germany hosted the, no, that's not a good question, never mind. Oh, come on, think I think I knew the answer question. to that one. But everyone, it's uh, probably Berlin, actually, I don't even know the answer to that question. It's Munich. Uh, is it Munich? Oh, the Munich Olympics, yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. I'm but I feel like if we talk about the Munich Olympics, <laughs> it probably won't end on, okay. on okay. a positive okay. note. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I got this. I got this. Let me think. Um uh just trying to think. If you were to hmm, hold on. The, guys, I'm sorry. This is like right up this is on the fly. I'm trying to do some MLK it's okay. from the heart. While Nate is on. thinking while Nate is thinking okay. of one, I will go with one real quickly. Okay. okay. Mine's super simple. I'll give you I'll give you three options. Hong Kong, the island, of course, uh, steals the limelight. It's 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 the it's the beacon on the hill for Hong Kong. When people think of the city skyline, they think of Hong Kong Island. Of course, there's the new territories, and there is Kowloon as well. But Hong Kong actually has a number of smaller islands. I mentioned one of them earlier, Lama Island. Uh, take a wild guess as to how many islands there are off the coast. I'll give you some. I'll, I'll give you some. Easy hints. 30, 263, That's or a lot of islands. 300. That's, uh, I'm going to have to go with the first choice because it seems like there's a lot of islands there, buddy. <laughs> really? You didn't think B was too too oddly specific? Because there no. are actually 263 smaller islands I am done. I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. I'm mad at myself. I actually might start to hate myself now. I don't know. Oh man! <laughs> don't no. please don't. But but here's a, here's a quiz question. I think you okay. might get this. Most people don't know this. What was the kingdom in the German-speaking lands that united 
Germany. I thought Bismarck united Germany. But what kingdom? What kingdom? What what facet? What land or what um, I guess constituents, if you will, of the German-speaking people and the lands that existed or uh, entities that existed was the one to unite Germany. Uh, Let me give you Prussia. a couple. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. That really? Absolutely, wow. it was Prussia. Which not a lot of people know. Prussia was at one point a country in itself. Right. Prussia. You had the Prussia and the Russia. <laughs> the Prussia and the Russia. And <laughs> what was Prussia's nickname? Oh, I, this one I don't know. I don't know. The one. Fatherland. The Fatherland. And what is Russia? The Motherland. Yeah. Wait, wait, where Isn't is that the kind of Babyland? Is there a Babyland? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> No, actually, there's an uncle land, an aunt land, a grandfather land. No, I'm just kidding. That's actually kind of funny, but is there like a baby land? What would that be like? I don't know. It's Poland. Mal Malta, maybe? They on keep a small, fighting small over country. Poland. It's got to oh, be Poland. Geez. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that is. Well, and that's some historical truth there. But here, I'll give you, I'll give you one last one. I'll okay, give you one right. last one because I'm really interested to see if you know the answer to this. What was the last German emperor's name? Hmm. Hmm. The last yeah. German emperor's name. Yes. Uh, let's go with. Let's go with. Wilhelm. Wilhelm. Okay. Or Wilfred. <laughs> <laughs> There's a will in there. Confident. There's a will in there. Okay. It was Kaiser Wilhelm the second. Wilhelm. Kaiser okay. Wilhelm, that's how you say William in German. Uh, William is in German is Wilhelm. Kaiser oh. Wilhelm II. And he was the grandson of Queen Victoria, which not in a lot England. of people know that either. Yeah, Queen Victoria of the United Kingdom or England or the British Empire, whatever uh, nation you like to throw that day or how you feel. But yeah, it was it, Queen Victoria's grandson was the last German emperor, and his name oh. was Kaiser Wilhelm II. They actually have a statue of his grandfather here in Wiesbaden, Kaiser Wilhelm I, which is kind of really cool to go back to. you got to take see. a picture of it and put it on oh, yeah. Instagram. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to start, and that's something I think we need to start doing is uh, yes. setting up pictures on to our Instagram, which is able and abroad. Just very, very plain, very bold, able so and abroad. Simple. Come so follow easy. us on Instagram. We could use the followers, and we'd love to, <laughs> you, know, you know, love to see you on there someday, somehow, yes. some way. You know, Please. but yeah, I think, I think McKay, I think we're, I think we're about done here, right? It's time for I us to say goodbye. Are. I think it's time for us to say goodbye and we'll catch you on the next edition of Able, Able and, and Abroad. Abroad. Okay, wait, let's try this one more time. Ready? Okay. ready? All right, Three, sorry. two, one. Able, Able and, and Abroad. abroad. We totally butchered that again. We, we're going to get this, folks. It might take 30 okay. 40, I think it's 700 good. episodes, but it was...